0: Do as I do, not say as I say. Oh, hey, Dimey. A college story, just a little sweet and cheerful one that still makes me smile. I was looking at the upgrade and renewal of a piece of software for one department and discussing the options with a support agent who was clearly quite young, inexperienced, lots of let me just ask that question for you, let me just ask a manager. And by the end, he so very obviously had someone with him telling him what to say, And he was repeating it parrot-like without pausing to interpret. Me. Thanks for your advice. So we have the older version licensed at the moment and are looking to upgrade to the newer version. Support agent. Small delay. That's great. Good to hear. Me. It's required software. We can't not have it, so I believe we've already sent over the details for purchasing and you have that? Support agent. Again with a small delay. Yes, I see we have that. Me. Great, we'll be looking to upgrade as soon as possible for UAT before the new academic year. Support agent with another small delay. Fantastic, thank you. Me, so I was just wondering if the old version is still licensed for this period and you just need to process our purchase of the new software, is there any chance we could have a trial or temporary license so we can install and present it to the staff straight away? Support agent with yet again another small delay. Not a prayer, no. Me with a small delay. Mm, No problem. Thanks for all your help. I thought it was kind of adorable. I hope his manager agreed. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Storytime with Uncle Reddit. My name's John, and this is r slash Tales from Tech Support. Yep, been about a week, maybe two, since I've really uploaded a decent episode, and I can't remember which channel had the last episode uploaded. Uh, Whether it was the Tales from Tech Support or... Storytime with Uncle Red at MC. So anyway, uh, it's been absolutely freaking bonkers here. Uh, started showing both channels, the remodeling, let's call it that the destruction of part of my house and rebuilding. Uh, we finally got 99.9% of that done. There's just a little bit of touch up paint to do and, uh, relocated the daycare to the front and, uh, in another week or two, we will be relocating our bedroom, my bedroom. So this will look completely different soon. Um, not that you see that much anyway. A little bit of a rough texture, you know, landlord cheap wall covering kind of deal with a textured paint and hanging clothes. Uh, yeah. So we're going to relocate our bedroom to the first floor because we're getting too old and, uh, stairs suck. And then <laughs> we're going to re, we're going to gut this bedroom tear all this crap out this uh plaster and lath and lack of insulation so we're going to gut this room re-drywall re-trim uh fix the floors and move my daughter and son-in-law over here (laughs) and then we're going to gut the next bedroom that they came from so that Bubba Meredith can move into that room when she comes back from North Carolina Camp Lejeune uh yeah we're doing a lot. We're uh we're pretty much rebuilding this house on the inside anyway, not the bones, not the structure. We are changing some doorway openings and moving things and shifting. So, uh yeah. Anyway, like I said, we're about ninety nine point nine percent done on the current project downstairs between the living room and dining room. Not bad. We got some painting done. Uh, it looks okay. My drywall skills are uh a bit lacking, but. Yeah, what are you going to do? You can't win them all. I got good design ideas, good color palettes in my head. Sometimes the hands just don't want to do what my brain tells them to do. So anyway, all right, let's get on with the rest of the stories, and hopefully I can be on a more regular schedule from here on out. Machine gun fire at night? I don't think so, mate. So I was an IT consultant in Singapore supporting some IBM-based financial system software. Usual job is fly in, stay at the Hilton five days and fly out. Pretty great work, not a job. Being the keen expat employee who thought he knew it all and was keen to learn it all, I was sent off to Post Marcos, Philippines to assist the XXX Institute to set up the systems out of Manila at a place called Los XXX. Well, that's helpful. On arrival, we were shown our accommodation on site, not the usual hotel. I asked to see it before working. It was horrid, roach-infested, non-air-conditioned rooms. I told them, no. I'm not staying here and I'm not starting work until I know where I'm staying. A couple of hours and we were offered the executive accommodation, which upon inspection was A-OK. Work was interesting as no one seemed to know how to load the software onto the mainframe. I'd never done it before but was like, how hard can this be? We started and I just go stuck in and got it started. I don't know what that sentence means. Anyway. On our return to the accommodation that night, we passed a guard post with a guard asleep and a machine gun at his feet. Pretty common in some parts of the world, I learned later. But not in Singapore, slash Australia, slash Japan, etc. that I was used to. Anyway, around 3am I hear gunshots in the distance and this got me keenly aware of just how far out in the boondocks we were. In the morning, staff at breakfast were, yeah, it was machine gun fire from the communists slash rebels. Okay... Needless to say, I was keenly aware that I was the one of the few faces around, and as keen observer of the press knew that Americans were the target of kidnappings. I'm not American, but being white, I sure looked like one. I was there for three weeks, and thus at weekends went to Manila, two and a half hours back then, travel, to the safety of a decent hotel with a minibar. I drunk the minibar dry and tried every cocktail on the menu and survived. On return to Singapore, I asked the CEO if we had kidnap insurance. No. Okay, I'm not returning to I-R-R-I, and thus I was safe. I worked in Manila several times over the years and, like the people who are great, hardworking, and very welcoming. There were a lot of other reasons not to go back, but I used the lack of insurance as one, and they saved time and money by using me elsewhere. That employer was the worst I ever had, incompetent and cheap and lazy on every level. But I learned a lot as I had no backup and support was non-existent. Use the job as long as you are building skills and getting paid. Never accept unnecessary risks. When they piss you off, remember to make them pay. Yep, remember to make them pay. Well, sometimes that's not always possible. I was in a few situations where local gunfire was a little more worrisome than the guy asleep with his machine gun down at the uh, guard shack. Yeah, you'd be shocked if you knew the number of places where... I mean, nobody would try to kidnap me. I had no skills. I'm too fat. Eh, whatever. Anyway... But you'd be surprised at how many kidnappings or uh, assaults happen against people who they think are of American persuasion or Western altogether. And, uh, you know, even parts of Jamaica and part of the islands, you go down there, man, let me tell you something. It's not all what you see on the commercials on TV. If you're in a Sandals resort, good for you. If you take a tour, an unsanctioned tour outside of the resort, that's on you. If you walk the beaches of the Sandals Resort and you get to the end and there's a chain link fence and you poke your head around the edge of that fence, I guarantee you there's at least one guy with a fully automatic weapon at the other side of that fence. It's not necessarily to keep you in, but it's definitely to keep people out of the resort. Uh, I don't know what those guys get paid, but I wouldn't mess with them. Congratulations on stumbling across what I've been trying to communicate this entire call. I'm an evening dispatcher for a small town water department, and part of my duties include catching calls after several other city departments have closed for the day. Meaning, I get to tell several people per day that I can't do what they want and for them to try back tomorrow when that department is open. The city itself has ruled I'm not even allowed to help if personal info is involved, especially finances. I do get questions for those departments that I can actually answer most of the time. What time they open, trash pickup schedules, late return library fees, etc. The main reason my job exists is to field emergency calls like reports of water coming out of the road or sending an on-call crew to zip over and turn off someone's water at the meter if they have an uncontrolled leak inside, which is causing damage. Coordinate crews out in the field with where they need to go, log when they arrive, where, and state-related reporting. However, a few callers interpret emergency as, I need to take a shower because I'm stinky from work and I have a date. To which, call tomorrow when they're open type responses will simply not do and will try to argue the motive behind a rule I didn't come up with. Getting your water turned back on due to payment processed is finance related and disallowed for me. I've been talking with my supervisor about this. Together we've crafted a kind of script of how to handle the super special people who just won't accept that I can't help them. One idea of mine was to perfect a very stern enunciation of correct to answer the zinger they often try to throw out. So you're saying this dumpster smelling up my alley can't be picked up today? To encompass a tone implying, Congratulations on somehow stumbling across the entire point of every answer I've given you this whole call. My supervisor, who often tells me about what she saw on Judge Judy recently, if that tells you anything about her, will sometimes even greet me in passing her at the door of the dispatch office, and with a mock crying, So you won't help me today? that I can practice it on. Not yelling, just a stern enunciation is the best way I can describe it. Laced with a, bingo Sherlock, backspin. I finally got to use it yesterday, and the conversation went a little like this. Responses are a little wordier than what I'd normally say in order to obfuscate certain details. Wow, obfuscate, certain details, etc. Keep in mind that easily 98% of calls don't go any deeper than 1-2 to two responses, because they actually let me explain. It's just that this one would simply not accept rejection and kept interrupting. K. Hi, I just got home, saw the water had been turned off, and paid my bill online. When will you be out today to turn it back on? Me. It won't be turned on today if you paid it after 5 p.m. The department which handles those finances is closed and they have to process it first to send out a tech. This is an emergency line for things like... K. interrupts. But my bill is paid. I have the receipt number and the money she was taken out of my bank. My supervisor walks in, grinning, because she can hear I got a wild Karen calling and is entertained by my refusal to get riled up by them. Me, the department who handles bill payments, is closed. They will have to process it tomorrow when they return, 8 to 5. This line is for people who are reporting water coming up out. Kay interrupts again. But I'm speaking to you now, and you know that it's paid. So you can just send someone out to turn it on now. Me, but I'm telling you the department which handles that, which isn't me, is closed so it will be processed no sooner than 8 a.m. tomorrow. K, I don't understand why you can't just send someone out to turn it on. Me, we do not handle billing concerns in any way, including turn-ons after payment is made. This is an emergency line. For people who are reporting pipe breaks in the road or if... K interrupts yet again. Well, this is an emergency. I have children and I need to take a shower before I go to work tomorrow. Me, slightly louder tone, but slower. The department which handles the kind of service you need is only open 825. K. But, me, you will have to contact them during those hours. Do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? K. Well, that's not going to effing help me today. Me, correct okay <laughs> stunned silence paper shuffling and then hangs up supervisor who's been grinning like Michael Jackson eating popcorn hanging on every word smiling wide and eyes bright <gasps> and me she hung up in a stunned silence supervisor <laughs> it worked me smiling brightly yeah and she set it up so perfectly she even swore in the last part she was like well that's not going to effing help me today supervisor correct. It's like you almost got to swear at her back. I love it. Wow. I had two cats fighting over this box right before I started the video. Now everybody's all tanked up and sleeping on the bed. Oh, well. I tried. Catnip. Their favorite possum, mouse, whatever that is. Anyway. So, yeah. It's, uh, I mean, I can understand the frustration. You know, you forgot to pay your bill. Holy crap. What the hell? And you need to take a shower or wash your dishes or feed your kids. And you pay the bill real quick, hoping that you can get it turned back on. And I understand. I may have tried the first time, but after they said, listen, we can't do anything for you. The finance department has to process it. Then the actual water department, this is the emergency line. The actual water department, 9 to 5 or 8 to 5 or whatever, has to come out and turn it on. After the finance department says, hey, they're okay. They paid their bill. Go turn it on. You're on a schedule, so, you know, it can take up to 24 hours. I understand completely. Doesn't mean I won't try, but I won't give them a hard time when they give me the answers that I don't necessarily want to hear. Bottom line is, try to pay your bills before the cutoff date. You are an IT elder if you have. Used punch cards. 40 characters per card, 80 per line. Extra points if the dumb rubber band snapped on you, sending all cards flying onto the floor. Gotten sore thumbs from inserting memory chips onto an expansion card slash board, daughter card. Ran a computer with the OS on one floppy and the application software on another floppy. If you know what an Irma board is for, terminal emulation. If you felt like king of the hill by upgrading from 2400 baud to 9600 baud modem. Or if you ever sent an email through Lotus email or worked on a Lotus 123 spreadsheet. Maybe you did beta testing for Microsoft's new Windows NT 64-bit OS. How about if you ever installed Microsoft Office using 31, kid you not, three and a half inch diskettes? Ever connected to the network using 10 base T or network with BNC connectors? How about if you worked on a config.sys file and remember the entry line to extend the memory? Extra points if you remember the parameters. Or if you hated moving from WordPerfect to MCS Word. How about if you ever spent the night at work to troubleshoot a Novell server before the workers got back to work the next day? Or ever replaced a dot matrix head? Extra points if you've straightened a dot matrix head pin that kept ripping the paper. Have you ever gotten carriage ribbon ink on your fingers? Or maybe you know the difference between a 286 and a 386 processor. Extra points if you know which Intel processor came with a coprocessor or a numerical processor as we used to call them. If you've damaged your eyesight by staring at a bright green texted monitor with black background for years and years, do you know what platin cleaner smells like? No, I don't know what platin cleaner smells like. I know what some of this stuff is, but I know it from hearing about it. I know of it from taking computer science classes in adult education classes. Um, yeah, but to be honest with you, most of this stuff is totally foreign to me. So I guess I'm not an elder. At least not in terms of tech support. Floppy drives are warped. Just read someone's story from years ago that reminded me of when I first started IT in the late 80s. My first IT job was working for a computer vendor that had Fortune 500 companies as clients. I was a field technician in a downtown city back then. One day I was sent to go see this lady that worked at a huge bank. Apparently she would buy five and a quarter floppy drives from us and they would all warp in a crescent shape within a few days. And these were verbatim brand, which was the best brand then. So I show up and ask her to show them to me. Sure enough, all her open floppies were warped, nicely stacked on top of each other. Puzzled, I ask her to show me a new box. She opens it, and they're perfectly flat. So I ask her to show me what she does when she first uses them. She goes to the storage room, opens a new box. She takes a floppy drive from the box, then takes the labels that come in the box, and applies the label to the floppy. But then she takes the floppy drive, walks over to her typewriter, inserts it into the carriage and begins to type out the label on the floppy. Oh my god. (laughs) It took a lot out of me to not start laughing. I couldn't believe what this lady was doing. After I explained to her what she was doing wrong, she laughed herself and saw her mistake. Floppies and computers were new technologies to us all back then. Okay. It may have been new technology to everybody back then, but how could you not know that something like that wouldn't get warped after driving it through a typewriter where it takes it around this small cylinder, what, maybe an inch, inch and a quarter, inch and a half, maybe diameter at most. And after watching it go through the first few times, I mean, you'd think you would get it. Like, oh, shoot, that thing's bending that disc around. I mean, oh. I don't know, maybe it's just me. you got to be observant, folks. You've been listening to Storytime with Uncle Reddit. If you enjoy this content, be sure to follow my podcast. I upload new episodes at least three times a week.